This is really fun, but um, could you wait outside? Because now I really have to go. Hold on, I'm not done impressing Shannon. Well, let me know if there's anything I can do to just hurry it along. Oh, Henry! Well, you, you can moan like Shannon. Welcome back to the Married with Children podcast, the place where everybody knows your name but is rude to you just the same. My name is Annabelle, and I really, really, really have to go to the bathroom. Hi, and this is Luigi. Oh, Annabelle, take me to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) You two enjoy the bathroom because my name is Matt. And I was really intrigued by um, Cheers Disgusting Friends. Also, Al, you're a liar. You do need friends, and you, and you do, do need to watch them. I'm sorry, I'm Steven, and I just unscrambled the porn channel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris, and I'm sitting here watching Friends. Are you watching me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's watching all of us. Well, speaking of friends, this week we are reviewing Season 10, Episode 22, Enemies. First aired April 14th, 1996. Directed by Jerry Cohen and written by Richard German, Stacey Lipp and Russell Marcus. In this pilot for a proposed TV series... A group of friends live a sometimes peaceful coexistence. Tom is a handsome delivery man living with his gorgeous girlfriend Shannon, his stepsister Maria, and their lazy friend Jackson. Tom is on the rocks with Shannon over again over their flirtations with other people. When Tom meets Kelly Bundy while delivering a package to the Bundy house, he asks her out for the evening. To make Tom jealous, Shannon asks out a handsome millionaire named Henry. And the four of them end up at the local Greasy Spoon Diner in the inner city, which is run by friendly cook George. The evening gets more X-rated when Tom and Shannon try to outdo each other with their dates. Special guest stars. Nicole Eggert as Shannon. Matt Borlenghi as Tom. Terry Ivans as Maria. Melissa Chan as Keiko. Phil Lewis as George. Chris Young as Jackson. Alan Thicke as Henry, and Jean Spiegel Howard as Claire, and Rance Howard as Edwin. Everybody knows the Beast is just a phony octopus. Help me! 
Why not watch two full hours of some real comedy instead? First, Bart and Grandpa go on their wildest adventure ever. He's getting away. In a pig die, he is. A brand new Simpsons. Then, an all-new episode kicks off a full hour of Married with Children. This is a rerun. No, it's not. I've seen this one a million times. The Beast is a bust. Watch the best. It all starts Sunday at 8, 7 central on Fox. All right, right off the bat. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. I mean, what were they thinking trying to parody an up-and-coming NBC hit, uh, which is in its end of its second season at the time? Yeah, already hugely popular. And we do have to mention that this is a spin-off attempt. It's the third and fortunately final attempt by Married Children to create some <laughs> sort of spin-off series. And I think the consensus <laughs> is... <laughs> exactly that I think the consensus is that this is the worst of the three so we've got Top of the Heap at the end of season 5 with Matt LeBlanc interestingly enough and then at the end of season 9 we had Radio Free True Maine and now at near the end of season 10 we've got this Enemies and obviously, that's a play on the word friends. The hugely obviously. popular TV show at the time. I was talking to a friend of mine um, who recently became a mother and is actually watching Friends reruns at 3 a.m. in the morning when she's um, trying to get a do- newborn daughter back to sleep. So I told her, do not watch this parody. Um, and uh, I do want to point one thing out. Uh, if you remember, there's actually a fourth that we don't normally discuss, which was, was a spinoff of Top of the Heap. And I was just reminded of that recently. That was Vinny and Bobby. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that comes from the Married with Children universe. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I guess for our uh, listeners, uh, one of the things is we, uh, we promised you we would be uh, a little drunk when we reviewed this one. So we hope you enjoy. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, here's oh, yeah. my... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have my drinking... Uh, uh, all my drinking gear ready. Uh, I think we're calling shots on every bad line tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, we'll be doing shots for 22 minutes straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, if I'm conscious by the end of this, wow. I'll tell you, I, I did find a couple of lines funny, but just two of them. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, oh, yeah. A couple, there's a couple of highlights. You know, interestingly enough, they uh, they have their A-team um, writers. I mean, Richard German and Stacey Lip. So there's those, you know, they're top of the class as far as Married with Children writers. And it's... <laughs> It just didn't turn out well, though. <laughs> no, as an interesting, you mentioned the writers because I swear I didn't make this up, but I saw something somewhere that said that Nicole Eggert had a writing credit or like a co co writing credit or like an idea by her or something like that. Like she was more than just in the episode; she had something to do with the creation of it. And yeah. I thought maybe it was on the draft script that I have. I've got a writer's second draft. And I fished it out about 10 minutes before we recorded. 
And it does not say that on the cover at all. It just says Richard Gurman, Stacey Lippin, Russell Marcus. So now yeah. I'm wondering what the hell I saw, if I, if I, I just made that up or not. But uh, No, actually, Annabelle, you did not make it up. That yeah, is yeah. on the Wikipedia page. It lists Nicole Eggert. Oh, right. However, when you watch the uh, credits, the cre- she's not credited on the episode. No. It, it does show Stacey Lip in place of it, but you are not crazy, and uh, it is there. Okay. Okay. Good. So she had some sort of hand in it. Well, she looks uh, she looks amazing in this episode. I'll say that. So that's that's something positive about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> she looks yeah. she looks incredible. <laughs> well, we like to focus on the positives. That's that's after her, if I remember correctly, her appearance on Baywatch. Yes. Okay. Yes, she was on Baywatch. She played Summer Quinn. And there's a, a Baywatch link to Friends, I mean, if we're really reaching, but <laughs> there are a lot of Friends and Married Children connections, and we can go through them as we go through the episode. But I should probably say out front, out top, that, you know, for, for the two people who have been living under a rock, Friends is an American sitcom created by David Crane <laughs> and Marta Kauf- Kaufman. From it was aired on NBC from September twenty second, nineteen ninety four, to May six two hundred two hundred four two thousand and four. <laughs> it lasted uh, a perfect ten seasons. It was it was exactly two hundred and forty episodes. They did twenty four episodes a season. That's what I was thinking of, and it pretty much you know the definitive ensemble show. So of course we've got Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, Matthew Perry, and David Schwimmer. So the show revolves around six friends in their late 20s, early 30s who live in Manhattan in New York City. You know, I admit, I liked that show the first uh, three years or so, but after that, I lost interest. Any particular reason you lost interest? Because I've seen a few episodes of Friends, most notably when I was in Brisbane late last year visiting my friends Jody and her boyfriend Dan and their families. But uh, I've never watched Friends the whole way through. So any, what happened in, say, season four? I don't know what it was. Uh, my wife really liked it, but I just didn't care for it too much. I didn't think it was all that funny. In fact, Matt, I thought of you when I came up with this observation. Remember when Cartman blew his funny fuse? Yeah. Yeah, when you saw the guy, who, the couple had asses for faces? Oh, yes, it's season yeah, five yeah. of South Park. Yeah. He goes to Mr. Mackey, and he's worried that... He lost his sense of humor, and he doesn't know what he's going to do. And Mr. Mackey says, well, you could be a writer for Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Good. You could be writing for Friends, good. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, at that point, I agreed. I didn't think it was that funny, especially in those past season four and five. Actually, the first five seasons, I would... I would say pretty good, like pretty funny. I think after season five, I mean, I, I'll preface this by saying I've seen all of Friends and I've seen probably the whole show maybe twice through. There are some episodes I've seen more than others, but definitely in the first five seasons. And one of the best episodes is in season five. So after season five, it starts to wane for me, but it did get overhyped. And especially here when we got TV shows later than America did, it got overhyped and I didn't watch it at first for that reason. It's the same with Frasier. It just got overhyped and then I didn't watch it. And then I started watching it and I actually find it sort of, it's very easy to watch in reruns now, just like it's very easy to make fun of it. So, you know, it's, it's just a matter of taste really. And, but it, yeah, it did suffer from 
oversaturation, overpopularization, and overhype to a, to a degree. And most shows do <clears throat> peak around season three to five in popularity, and after that, it wanes because it goes into syndication. Good point, especially quality-wise too. I find a lot of shows peak between seasons three and six. Uh, I think the I remember when I was in Brisbane at my friend Jody's house. I remember watching the ones that were in Las Vegas or a casino. I think it was the end of season five or start of season six. I can't remember exactly, but I, right. I do remember. I do remember liking it because my friend Jody is a massive Friends fan, and uh, she is in the Married to Children podcast group, and she's the friend that bought the DVDs for for her birthday last year. Oh, of married children that is. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I I would like to know what she thinks of <laughs> of between the two shows, right? <laughs> I, yes. I mean, I, I can't say I really watched Friends at all. I, I think Annabelle, to your point, like it was so sort of overhyped that I'm like, this is stupid. So I I never tuned yeah. in to it. Yeah, I never really got into it. I mean, I've seen I've seen a handful of episodes enough to know what it's about, you know, but I never never really got into it. Yeah, I, I think if you like married with children type humor, I mean, you're not going to appreciate Friends. You know, it's just a different <laughs> type of thing, and that's yeah. that's all. I call it a thing. It's it's exactly what this episode is. It's it, you would either like Friends or you would like to make fun of it. And if you like married with children, you're probably going to prefer making fun of a show like Friends. That's a good point. I'm sorry. I find it interesting that this show, Married with Children, started out as the anti Cosby. And then they had the idea to make an anti-France. <laughs> because, when I mean, Cosby had oversaturated himself to a certain degree in the 80s as, and early 90s, as well as, um, and then Friends started to get oversaturated. So, and both were NBC shows. Fox, you know, had a little rivalry with, rival with NBC for a little while there. Hmm. Mm. So I don't know if my friend Jody's got to the Enemies episode. I'll have to make sure I ask her before this airs. But uh, I'm sure I'll be interested to see what her thoughts are, considering that she's one of the biggest Friends fans I know. Tell her to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, actually watch her thoughts because she's a big Friends fan. Well, yeah. has she seen certain episodes in Season 9 and Season 10? The Thanksgiving episode in, in Season 9 of, of Friends, because that's when our, our very own Christina Applegate would first appear. Well, I'm sure she has because she's seen every episode. She's probably the biggest Friends fan I know personally. Yeah, well, she's she's Rachel's sister in Friends. She appears in two episodes, and her first episode, she actually won an Emmy for it. Hello, Rachel. Who is it? It's your favorite sister, Jill. Jill? Amy. Hide my rings. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving! Do you have a hair straightener? Um, hi! <laughs> hi. Hair straightener. <laughs> I haven't seen you in like a year. Oh, I know, I know. I've just been crazed. Oh, well, yeah, me too. Um, I had a baby. <sighs> I decorated Dad's office. Yeah? Well, unless you pushed a desk out of your vagina, not the same thing. <laughs> Listen, um, about that hair straightener, honey, I really need one. I'm going to have dinner at my boyfriend's house. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Is this Emmett? <laughs> uh, 
It's Emma. <laughs> it's a girl? Hey, Amy. Oh, Amy, you remember Ross. Uh, not really. But you are much cuter than that geeky guy she used to date. That was me. <laughs> no, he was this creepy guy from high school who had this huge crush on her since, like, the ninth grade. Still me. No, I'm not talking about you. Come on, it was your fat friend's brother with that bad afro. Do you okay. remember? Amy, I'm going to save you some time, okay? All me. And she is pretty great in that episode. Well, no, we're a little biased because she is our amazing Christina Applegate, but yes, well-deserved. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, she used to have a show called Jessie, and that was on in 1998 to 2000, and she was on right between Friends and just before Frasier, so it was Friends and then Jessie, so that, that plum spot that everybody wanted right after Friends, she got that for her show, and she was sort of, like, her, like, she was very thin back then, like, she was sort of made over to, like, sort of have, like, Jennifer Anderson's hair kind of thing, and, like, just straight and, and just... Uh, sort of made over to look a bit like her anyway. So when she appeared on Friends in 2003, it made perfect sense for, the, for them to play sisters. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. Mm. I can too. Yeah, I saw this... Um, I forget what group it was in. It was in some 90s group or millennials group or something. I can't remember. They were making this case how you can make all these shows fit into the same universe. Like, you can make Married with Children, Friends, Sons of Anarchy and modern family all fit all all exist within the same universe <laughs> it's pretty funny and part of it's because there's crossovers and then there's you know the christina applegate crossover as we know matt leblanc was in top of the heap and then of course ed o'neill's in modern family and katie seagal and sons of anarchy <laughs> it was pretty funny look if futurama exists it was it was a stretch obviously but it was pretty funny <laughs> Yeah, and, and Christina Applegate and Matthew Perry, they go way back to the, before, way before Friends, back to the late 80s, there was a, a TV movie called Dance Till Dawn. Nice prom. Are you trying to be funny? Do you have any idea what happened tonight, Roger? We lost. We're losers. You know, I was planning on getting into the best story at Central, but... Now I'll be lucky if we're rushed by an audio-visual club. Uh, excuse me, you kids realize it's time and a half after midnight, don't you? Huh? And it was 1988. And, you know, it's a pretty fun little teen movie. It's about prom and all that. But Christina and Matthew Perry played boyfriend and girlfriend. And Matthew Perry, he's he was also in at least one failed Fox show back in the late 80s. I think it was called Second Chance. But I think there's another one, something about guys, boy, boys or guys being guys. I don't know what. I've forgotten. But but he's in some of the old Fox promos from around that time. So those two go back a ways as well. And then, of course, Matt LeBlanc playing Kelly's boyfriend back in season five and then getting his own spin-off and then another spin-off and he kept appearing in Married with Children. It's like they really wanted him to happen. Well, they wanted the Vinny character to happen. And then it got to the point where, thank you, Vinny, your 50 cents is up. Get out. <laughs> shot. Call a beer. Okay, so the show opens. Shot. shot. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what would I do in committing this videotape? <laughs> and now, Friends, followed by the making of Friends. <laughs> and then, on the 10 o'clock news, the cast of Cheers discusses their favorite episodes of Friends. <laughs> oh, Kelly, can we please watch something else? This is a rerun. No, it's not. I've seen this one a million times. <laughs> so Kelly and Bud are watching Friends. Friends! <laughs> but this is a rerun. No, it's not. I've seen it 50 million times. <sighs> yes, I was going to ask, um, was Friends actually rerun this heavily this early in its run? No, it wouldn't have been in syndication then. You had to wait till it's like season five, right? Because you have to get yeah. What, yeah, 100, 100 episodes, 100 episodes yeah. right. But they would have shown the occasional repeat, yeah. Not necessarily 100 episodes, but at least five seasons. So if that was the case, uh, if this premiered in 94, it wouldn't have been until 99, approximately, yeah. that it was yeah. in syndication. I have to get another beer. Um, play a clip. Boosh! <laughs> Yeah, I'll get my bottle open because two of my beer beers are, are, have split bottle caps on them, so... I'm back. Shot. I'll be back, and I am... Hey, Dad. You're off work early? I'm always off at this time. I just never came on before because your mother was here. <laughs> what are you watching? Friends. Friends. Don't have them, don't need them, sure as hell don't want to watch them. How can anyone not love this show? I mean, there's nothing on TV quite like Friends. Now, stay tuned for Buddies. <laughs> Next up, Homies. <laughs> y próximo, el conclusión de Amigos. <laughs> Geezer, starring Bill Cosby. <laughs> Welcome back to Friends, sponsored by the new Friends Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. I, I think the only one of this section that makes me laugh is uh, when they say it's like, you know, and now stay tuned for Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> the three Amigos. Like, there's no other show like Friends. <laughs> So Al comes home, and he says he's he's always off at this time, but he never comes home because Peg was there. <laughs> okay. So friends, don't have them, don't need them, sure as hell don't want to watch them. <laughs> Al, that's not very nice. You need good friends. I mean, it's my on the date of recording. It's my thirty first birthday, third of April, twenty twenty two. So. I've heard from my friends all over, all over Australia and abroad. So, Al, you're lying. But Al doesn't mm -hmm. want to hear happy birthday. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> so, how can you not love this show? I mean, there's nothing on TV quite like Friends. <laughs> there are other shows like Homies. Geezers. Geezers <laughs> <laughs> starring Bill Cosby. Yes, the, the now disgraced Bill Cosby. Yeah, but Cosby had a show on a CBS at that time, didn't he? 
It was called Cosby, which was an American remake of the British classic One Foot in the Grave. So, uh, to the Americans in the group, if you haven't seen One Foot in the Grave, you're missing out. I don't believe it. It's about this elderly Englishman who who is laid off work early and uh, he, he has to be put for his pitiful crap. I don't believe it. Mm. I don't remember watching this at all. No. I don't think I've seen this iteration of Cosby. I don't either. I think I saw a few episodes of it. Did just did just a few air? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was only maybe that was it. I don't know, but uh, maybe he was oversaturated, who knows. But I remember seeing a few of the episodes and they weren't nearly as funny as this previous stuff. Mm. Actually, just going back real quick, there was a reference to a friend's Las Vegas hotel and casino. So our uh, fearless co-host, Tyler, is actually in Vegas at the moment. Number one, uh, that's why he's not joining us for this party. And number two, I think that was just a joke in terms of like the merchandising, right? I mean, because like you said, Annabelle, they were really heavily promoting friends everywhere so i mean for them to have already gotten to a, a las vegas hotel chain <laughs> right <laughs> on a friend's theme i mean that was i think uh the uh, joke i guess or maybe yeah the, i did or, like or that maybe, it's or maybe yeah. the cring- or maybe like the writers were cringing about <laughs> friends <laughs> yeah they're they're really big into uh, merchandising even today i mean i see cups and mugs Shirts, you name, you know, uh, you name it. Uh, My friends, everywhere. Monopoly sets. Yeah, Monopoly sets. I mean, I you know, when I go to Barnes and Noble, I see those. Uh, you know how you know how you can build like the Big Ben and Sydney Opera House stuff like that. I see the thing where you can build the friends, uh, their living room, <laughs> and the the bar or, or coffee, coffee shop, shop or whatever it is yeah. where they hang out. Central yeah, the coffee Park. shop where they hang out. Yeah, Central Park. Yeah. So I mean, they're really big into um, merchandising even now. You know, twenty. 20 years later. I want to get my Spaceballs flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> if you're familiar with that, you know, Spaceballs, you know, it was parroting Star Wars. And one of the things they did was a yogurt played by Mel Brooks, parody of Yoda. He's saying, merchandising, that's where the real money is made. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and one of the things he mentioned was a... Uh, Space balls of flamethrower. Kids love those. <laughs> <laughs> well, that satellite dish was money well spent. Like the wedding ring and the smoke detectors. <laughs> yeah, I'm going down to my room. I have absolutely no interest in this show. Yeah, well, you would if it was called Rubber Friends. Here's <laughs> <laughs> well, a point for the episode. Al re- references the satellite dish that was put up about. Ten weeks ago. Oh, from Crazy Ahmed. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's why Crazy they call it crazy. <laughs> hey, Chris, are you drinking? Oh, yeah, man. You know it. <laughs> You're not a... I, he's a pilot, right? That's why uh, I was drinking. Flight attendant. Oh, you're a pilot. Okay. If you're a pilot, you'd be drinking even more, right? Right. There was one of them. uh, There was a pilot for 
uh, not my airline. I forget which airline that was arrested recently for that. He showed up to work drunk. Ooh. Does the Air Force intercept him and give him a breathalyzer or something? Uh, I think someone, someone suspected something was up when he went through TSA. So, uh. <laughs> And they came and got him. So I can't remember which airline it was. It, it was not mine. So. Well, that's a relief. <laughs> that was actually, you know, a great film with uh, Denzel Washington, Flight, about the alcoholic airline pilot. Oh, I saw the, that. the plane flying upside down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny is I, I watched that. Well, I was I was kind of disappointed because when I watched that, I thought it was going to be similar like to Sully or something like that, like a serious movie. Mm-hmm. And in the opening scene, he's like, I'm trying to remember, he's taking shots and snorting crack and like all this stuff and then flies the plane upside down. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> Doesn't John Goodman bring him coke or something and he's not, yeah. <laughs> I think so. He was snorting yeah. coke. You, doing every, you name it. Yeah, I like that movie. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I, it turned out funny. It just was a lot different than what I thought it was going to be. Same here. Yeah. Well, Bud Bundy speaks for us all when he says, I have absolutely no interest in this show, and he leaves the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David Forcino slash Bud Bundy. Yep. Uh, Kelly's line was great, though. Can you get that? It might be the door. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say just before that she says you know you would be if it was called Rubber Friends oh Rubber Friends <laughs> <laughs> Rubber Friends oh they've got, they've got nightmares yeah Bo will be playing with his rubber ducky <laughs> you said ducky right yes <laughs> with a U <laughs> alright so the doorbell rings oh daddy can you get that it might be the door my kingdom for a drive-by <laughs> and al quotes of all things shakespeare and he says my kingdom for a drive-by oh yeah i forgot about that uh, i uh, i think that's probably a stacy lip line yeah probably as a reference, of course, to... A horse! A horse! My kingdom for a horse! Which is from Richard III, and I believe spoken by Richard III. Yes, it was. A historical play, one of Shakespeare's historical plays, believed to be written around 1593, and it depicts the Machiavellian rise to power and subsequent short reign of King Richard III of England. A shout-out to my mother, who's a massive Richard III fan as part of the society, and part of their society's motto is a word in there in Latin, which became one of my middle names. I will not repeat it on air. <laughs> I know your middle name's Annabelle, so I think I think I may know what it is. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> but, I, you know, I have to admit, for as bad as this episode is, you know, like, I appreciate a little bit of high culture. Yeah. Yeah, as do I. And Annabelle, I, I have a question. Have you ever watched this episode with your mom? Because in other words, it's like I, I think like she probably would have maybe had a smile on her face to see that, right? Even though he's referring to a drive-by shooting, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I have watched this episode with my mother because we just watched the DVD in sequence. So, and this episode would start and she'd be okay just watching it. And then it would start getting into sets and scenes we haven't seen before and she's been a few minutes later mum's like 
what the hell is this? <laughs> I said, oh, it's, it's that lame spin-off attempt. So, oh, and then I think she fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I think you made the right decision, Meredith. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got something for Peggy Bundy. So do I. <laughs> uh, and I guess you don't want these biggins centerfold popsicle molds either. <laughs> you crazy? I ordered those. Come in. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna love them. And here's a tip: if you only fill the trays to the neck. Come out without heads. This is one of the lines I liked in there when Tom says, I have something for a Peggy Bundy, and Al says, So do I. (laughs) And then he counters, Oh, then I guess you don't want these big and centerful popsicle molds either. Are you crazy? (laughs) says Al. I ordered them. (laughs) Hi there. Hi. What you watching? Friends. Friends. Mind if I sit here anyway? No. <laughs> no, make yourself at home. No, I get you a beer, but I, w- I don't want to be caught empty-handed when the gardener and the chimney sweep drop by. <laughs> well, my dad's gone. You can uh, sit a little bit closer. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a great name. Were you named after anybody? Yeah, yeah, my father. Oh, cool. What's his name? <laughs> oh, oh well, I'm, I'm Kelly. I, I don't wear a name tag. <laughs> I wasn't looking for one. Oh. Well, then what were you looking for? This. So in this scene, we meet Tom. And Tom's a delivery guy. And he was named after his father. (laughs) (laughs) Who was that? (laughs) What's his name? Oh, I wonder. Oh, I forgot. Shot. (laughs) Okay. The Tom is played by Matt Borlenghi. And Meredith Children audiences remember him from Season 8, Episode 2. Hood and the Boys, which is the first episode that us as a group, uh, the new team of um, podcast co-hosts, yeah. reviewed. That's right. You know, that one would have made a better spin-off, possibly. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> it seemed like one. It seemed like one. It sort of did, didn't it? It sort of did. Looking back and reflecting, it sort of did. Hmm. I, I, you know, what I liked about that episode was it was the on-screen appearance of Skippy. what do you got donuts in that thing (laughs) so Tom is Ray Ray from season 8 and he hits on Kelly because he has he doesn't hit on Kelly well (laughs) until he gets paged by his girlfriend Shannon what was that a lip alarm (laughs) sort of see I'm being paged by my girlfriend, Shannon. If I don't check in with her every 15 minutes, she gets this crazy idea I'm cheating on her. <laughs> Remember pagers, y'all? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Mind you, I'm a young scamper. Yeah, I had to turn them when reading. <laughs> no, not those pages. I had to have one for a while, and I hated those things. They were like the precursor to the cell phone mm. and smartphone. Yeah. Well, you know... 
I was in junior high and high school whenever the the evolution took place. I mean, I when I was when I was in junior high in the late 1990s, I, I remember saying, "Man, I can't wait till I get to high school so I can get a cell phone." You know, I'll be an adult, I can get a cell phone. And by the time I got to high school, like especially by mid high school, pagers were out and cell phones were in. Like everybody had them, you know. So it's mm-hmm. like it's weird the transformation. Like I. 1998 I really really wanted a pager by the time 2002 got around nobody it was like who the hell wanted a pager like everybody was getting cell phones at that point you know it was weird yeah, yeah I, I have to admit there is a good line here uh, and this is an owl line he says I'd get you a beer but I don't want to be caught empty handed when the gardener chimney sweep drop by <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like that to me was like the good sarcasm I mean there, there is like, I mean, like, you know, for as terrible as this episode is, and like that's going to start in a few minutes, um, <laughs> you know, there, there are some good lines sprinkled here and there, you know, so it's not like a total, I don't think it, it, it's a total waste of, of an episode, but uh, I still think it's pretty bad, but we'll get to our review later. <laughs> you know, the, uh, there was another line when, <clears throat> uh, when Kelly says, I don't wear a name tag, and Tom says, I wasn't looking for one. Mm-hmm. implying that he's just staring at her boobs or hooters i'm right, sorry hooters. Right. i believe she's brawless as usual uh, i'm not sure about this scene but definitely later and you know I, it's funny like i never really paid attention <laughs> until we started doing the podcast and i think you know that's something from uh you know i think it might be jerry herring who might have started this but <laughs> like now as i watch it like it's like hmm, it's like you know she's she's Typically brawless. <laughs> no, but Kelly actually remembered her name this time. Good on you, Kelly. <laughs> she didn't have to write it on her hand. <laughs> yeah, Tom gets uh, paged by his girlfriend, Shannon. Oh, God. Now, and this, and this phases into the next scene. And if you're not expecting it, you can be forgiven for thinking... What the hell? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> what the hell just happened? Oh no, not another one of them spinoffs. <laughs> Question number 12. How many times this week has your man come home late with a lame excuse? Hi, sweetie. Sorry I'm late. I got the clock in my truck confused with the speedometer. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> Hell, she's taking the Cosmo quiz. What is it this month, baby? How to kiss your way into his living will? No, it's called How to Tell If You and Your Man, that's you, are in a dying relationship. <laughs> well, are we? Well, I'll know in a minute. <laughs> hey, what's seven times four? 28. Oh, yeah, we're dead. <laughs> Come on, you can't trust Cosmo. They hate men. And, you know, I could say I can remember watching this first run and when all of a sudden we go to this apartment, I was like, what the hell is this? Mm. Right? Because it's something we've never seen before. It looks more like a converted bar of some sort. (laughs) It does. And if you'll indulge me, I have a a, a writer's draft, a writer's second draft script here. And I can just describe the place from how it's written in the script, if you like. 
So it just says interior in an enemy's apartment a short while later. It's as low rent and lived in as you would expect. There is a kitchen with three days of dishes piled up in the sink and a beat up refrigerator and stove. A hallway leads off to two bedrooms and one bathroom. The living room is decorated in thrift store chic. It has a window with a fire escape which looks out on the on the L tracks. A sheet suspended from a wire by hospital curtain type rings divides one corner of the living room. Maria, an attractive Latina, is at the stove cooking up a pot of food. Shannon, a shapely blonde, enters, crosses to the kitchen and takes out a similar pot. Well, we know that changes because she's reading a magazine. She's doing a Cosmo quiz. Of course she is. <laughs> yep. And they have the stereotype of the Latina <laughs> cooking, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that did not go unnoticed. And the stereotype of the dumb blonde. There are a lot of... I mean, the only one, only woman in here who really isn't dumb, is, uh, the young, hot woman who isn't dumb is Maria. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, she seems to be a little kind of witty, I would say, if I had to describe her. I would say very witty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's definitely... Yeah, the rest of... I mean, they're all stereotypes, but... Yeah, she's definitely the smartest of the bunch. So Maria is played by Terry Ivans, and Shannon is played by Nicole Eggert. That's a name familiar with with TV audiences. She was born January 13th, 1972, and she's probably best known for recurring roles in Charles in Charge, and Who's the Boss, and Baywatch. Uh, And you know, there's one little show that I, I enjoyed as a kid, she was the first guest star on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show with uh, Captain Lou Albano and Danny uh, Wells. Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show! We're with the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. Oh my god oh, wow <laughs> that's our, so funny our, I've, I've watched that as a kid super mario brothers super show <laughs> yes well, th- th- well there's a reason why as you well know for me right <laughs> right yeah exactly now i've got the theme song and closing song to that show stuck on my head Dude, the Mario. <laughs> Luigi, have you have you watched that show? Have you re- ever rewatched any of the episodes as an adult? I have very recently with my children. Oh God, that show's terrible. <laughs> I, liked it. I liked it as a kid, you know, because I was four or five years old. But like, it's it's so bad. <laughs> what do you, what do you think watching it as an adult? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it has a nostalgic value, of course, but so it has the cartoon segment. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, in other words, it had a live action segment, which was like, I don't know, maybe five minutes of a 22 minute episode. Right. And then you'd have this cartoon segment. 
and her episode, the way I remember it, she was the very first one. I remember watching it first run. She comes in because the plumbers think that like they're trying to keep things clean and she keeps getting like sewage thrown on her, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's what she wanted to do, why she shows up at the Mario Brothers plumbing thing. And that's how the segment ends. Yeah. But again, and she was a teenager. I mean, she was uh, probably uh, uh, maybe like 17 years old yeah. when she was on it. I mean, and she just turned 50, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show also had the um, Legend of Zelda segment on it. Remember that? Correct. Sure. Yes. I'm a, I'm a big uh, I'm a big Zelda fan myself. I know Matt is as well. So it's kind of interesting. It's it's one of those it's one of those shows as a kid. Some some shows have really great replay value when you reflect back. And then some like <laughs> nostalgia is about the only positive thing about it. That that show is pretty pretty whack. <laughs> My kids love it, but I think you know it has to do with well, what you know what kind of a sh- like it's a show that's really geared toward kids. Oh yeah, you know, so definitely. like I mean, yeah, yeah, like yeah. like watching it as an adult, I mean, it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. It sounds like I'm hating yeah. on. It, I'm not. It's just no, it's just, no but it's I, just, but 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 it's you know, but it's a great point that you make, right? Yeah. It's amazing to go back and watch a lot of shows that you grew up on as a kid and that you thought were fantastic. And then now you look at me and thinking, what the hell was I thinking? Well, we were kids. I mean, I will say uh, the the Pokemon animated show I still like, but I think the animation quality looks abysmal, especially stretching the modern TV. uh, Because my mum and dad, if you ever listen to this, well, Pokemon was a torture for them. Dragon Ball Z was the half an hour of fighting, grunting, and yelling. And Sailor Moon, my mum would call it Stupid Moon or Sailor Bloody Moon. Yeah. Stupid moon. Well, I'll tell you, in, in a few weeks, uh, Chris and I will be reviewing Torch Song Duet, and as a reference to Barney, that was torture. <laughs> that is absolute torture. <laughs> Boom. Just to throw in something positive, Nicole Eggert looks incredible. I mean, she looks amazing. Yes. Uh, her part is not good (laughs) and her her writing is not good and her acting in this show at least is not good (laughs) but she looks amazing so you know i i feel like you know she was overacting i mean that 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 to me and and, you know i mean sorry to say this about nicole eggert but i feel like her performance is what bombed this Uh, you know I, i i think that if the role had been played more deadpan it would have worked. I, I think. I, I think there was more of a possibility of it working, but she overacted the part. And uh, Matt Borlenghi as Ray Ray was, I think, was much better in terms of how he presented himself. But I think Nicole overacting is what I think sunk this. I also think the writing did too. Right. You know, something I had in my notes. I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but. Uh, a couple of the scenes where Nicole and I guess it's Terry Ivins as Maria are on the camera together. Their their blocking and staging doesn't look good. Like they when they moved, it looked robotic and weird. I don't know. Like yep. <laughs> that's another thing, it, it, which is really weird because we have our we have our A team here with uh, Richard German, Stacy Lip, and Jerry Cohen. So you you would have thought it would have turned out well. This cast is not bad. When, when you look at as far as what they've done in their career, at least Nicole Eggert, I mean, she's done a, a lot of stuff, you know. You would have thought. Something I kind of 
walked away from, and I watched this episode two and a half times. And, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I could take a third. But it seemed to me like they were all disinterested, like no one was given their A game, that they were just kind of going through this. And now that you mentioned about the staging, I'm thinking, well, it sounds like Jerry Cohen wasn't into this either. Mm. Aaron, maybe, I don't think many actors were into it. Well, you know, Tom, it's not just the quiz. I followed you this afternoon. Thought you were doing makeovers at Macy's. Yeah, I was, but I told them that I needed a personal stalking day. <laughs> anyway, I saw you go into a cute blonde girl's house. So? Oh, come on, I'm a delivery guy. I go into people's houses. Sometimes they're girls, sometimes they're cute. Sometimes you sleep with them. Yeah. <laughs> but not today. Today, I was faithful to you. You just don't get it, do you? Not since you subscribe to Cosmo, no! Oh, yeah? Well, it's a lot better than those love-making tips you get from popular mechanics. <laughs> All right, so where are we up to? We're up to... <laughs> well, frankly, I don't care. Um, so Shannon's doing this, this Cosmo quiz. So Cosmo is in Cosmopolitan magazine. Cosmopolitan, for those who don't know, is an American monthly fashion and entertainment magazine for women, formerly titled The Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan magazine is one of the best-selling magazines and is directed mainly towards a female audience. First published in New York City in 1886 as a family magazine, later transformed into a literary magazine and became a women's magazine in 1965. Often referred to as Cosmo, as of 11 years ago in 2011, the article discussed relationships, sex, health, careers, self-improvement, celebrities, fashion, horoscopes, and beauty. So aside from the hot birds in it, Al would use it as toilet paper. Mm. <laughs> and, George, and George Costanza will pleasure himself from it. <laughs> of course. Oh. I like the the scene where uh, Al and Peg were doing uh, the Cosmo quiz earlier in the series where Peg goes, who would you rather spend the night with? A, A, your wife, or B, B. B. (laughs) (laughs) Just B without even hearing the other option. That was was A1 right there, man. That was perfect delivery. Yep. (laughs) That was married with who? Yep. Uh, So, yeah, another magazine, Matt, gets uh, name-checked, Popular Mechanics. Oh, that's more mustard magazine, I think. So, Popular Mechanics is a magazine of popular science and technology featuring automotive, home, outdoor, electronics, science, DIY, and technology topics, military topics, aviation and transportation of all types, space, tools, and gadgets are commonly featured. Founded in 1902 by Henry Haven Windsor, who was the editor as owner of Popular Mechanics Company, the publisher. For decades, the tagline was written so you can understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just drinking his 11% stout here. So, yeah, she's taking a, a, a cosmic quiz um, um, about something. Oh, how to tell if you and your man, that's you, are in a dying relationship. Got. <laughs> 
you can't trust Cosmo. They hate men. And and the other thing I found interesting is just they're openly talking about how they 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 cheat. Yeah. You know, you know all the time. Like in other words, it's like you have Alan Pegg talking about how they hate each other. Hmm. But I mean, they're faithful to each other. And here it's like, well, you know, like I, well, like you're like I slept with your boss and I slept with this and you know, blah blah blah. Well, that got him a promotion, though. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they're they're basically more or less in an open relationship. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Oh yeah, and yeah, it's just just like with Alan Pegg, it, it's it's more subtle and it's cute, but here it's just like nasty and trashy, and it's just, yeah, it's not appealing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's an art to the, the relationship between Alan Pegg. We've spoke about this before. How for all their agony and 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 all the despair and everything, deep down inside, they really love each other because they've had multiple chances over the years to cheat on each other and such and they never do but the way this couple speaks to each other just comes off as trashy really like <laughs> I, I, they seem like two characters out of jerry springer yeah yeah they do they Good. actually yeah. They absolutely do yeah like well, Good I'm, analogy. Gonna you. I'm gonna sleep with your boss well you wouldn't have got that promotion if i had to slept with your boss like it's oh. trashy. <laughs> When he says, today I was faithful to you, it's like, oh, wow, wow, congratulations, you want a medal? (laughs) (laughs) Shit don't hang. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard that one in a while. Hi. Hi. Nice mood. Did my brother cheat on you again? Yes. Tom and I are in the middle of the biggest fight we've had since... Yesterday. <laughs> why are you bothering to wax your legs? Don't they teach you anything at night school? <laughs> if Tom and I make up, we'll end up in bed and he'll want smooth legs. If we break up, I'll end up in bed with somebody else and he'll want smooth legs. So, either way, waxing is the key to my happiness. Bastards! <laughs> So um, Maria comes in and she's the attractive Latina, and um, she's the sister of Tom, apparently. Because in France, you know, Ross and Monica were brother and sister. So in this one, they have to have a brother and sister. Of course. And we find out she's a half sister. Yes, that's right. I didn't remember that. <laughs> it was not very memorable. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there, there was there was one scene in particular where they were at the table. Uh, I, I think he had just. Well, I think uh, uh, Tom had just left the room or something, and <laughs> the two girls stood up and like went. The way they stood up and and went in opposite directions looked really mechanical, and the the staging of it did did not look good. It, it almost looked like something you'd see from like. Uh, junior high actors where they're <laughs> it's their first time on camera you know <laughs> it was weird yeah and you know even at one point the the camera like sort of pans back yeah like, as, as they're ending the scene and it looked like you could almost see the set yeah like when you paid attention to that, I was like wow like that's pretty bad i mean again if you wanted to make this a pilot of something you would have thought you know usually the pilot is supposed to be to like establish this, you know, establish the universe, you know, get something in. I mean, I don't even want to talk about the the guy who plays Jackson. I mean, who? who I mean, that was a complete throwaway. <laughs> yeah, uh, bug me too. 
And I, this kind of made me wonder if this was like a a network decision. Hey, spin off uh, something. We want to parody Friends. Okay, we'll do it. And they did it begrudgingly. It, it could have been. Very well could have been. My theory of seven was correct. Michael Moyet yeah. confirmed that. So I'm thinking once Fox became a network, they started shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, next year, we're gonna, about ready to do the last season of uh, Married with Children soon. And if you look at uh, you know, the way they canceled that show, was just so in, in, you know, ignoble, horrible. Because yeah. that was a flagship. It was TV an atrocity. Mm-hmm. In fact, just for that, I'm going to say shot again. Shot. <laughs> Let's go. <sighs> I'm, I'm drinking stout here, so it's a bit hard to of skull per se. <laughs> I'm a Dosecchi guy, so I'm the most interesting guy here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we need to do a little artwork, Steve. We'll put your face on uh, that uh, that ad, right? Yeah. <laughs> Stay you, drunk, you, my friends. Yeah, you, 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 need, you need the goatee, though. <laughs> I do have a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, so why is Shannon waxing her legs? If Why are you bothering to wax your legs? Don't you teach you anything at night school? If Tom and I make it up, we'll end up in bed, and who wants smooth legs? But if we break up, we'll end, I'll, I'll end up in bed with somebody else, and who wants smooth legs? Shot. <laughs> <sighs> so either way, waxing is the key to my happiness. I've never said that, for what it's worth. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I damn sure have never said that. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I've never said that. That's that's I, that's one hundred percent. Those words will never come out of my, my mouth. <laughs> so, this guy walks in, and his name is Jackson. Ah, well, good evening, ladies. You know, after a long, hard day, there's nothing like a relaxing shower. Jackson, why do you need a shower? You don't work. <laughs> I get just as dirty watching TV as you do working. Sure, now that you've unscrambled the porn channel. (laughs) (laughs) At least I have a sex life. Uh, Which reminds me, you're out of liquid soap. (laughs) And we've already mentioned it, but he's like a two-line wonder and he walks away. (laughs) <laughs> and he's just like the typical pretty boy, etc., etc. And he seems to live behind a shower curtain. This must be Jefferson's long lost son. Exactly. Hey, that's what, <laughs> the exact same thing. Yep. Yep. Oh, definitely. I mean, points for originality, not. <sighs> yeah, not. <laughs> well, in in this in the script that I have, he's described as the perpetual house guest, and you know I get that, but. What is not shown on TV is this Jackson character, for lack of a better phrase, is fleshed out a little bit more. So he actually got a lot more lines and I presumably more screen time was intended. But it was cut out, thankfully, because he has, embrace yourself, a parrot called Tito. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like Tito Bundy? Yes. <laughs> so Jackson, the perpetual house guest, pulls the curtain back from his living area and ambles into the kitchen. He wears luxurious sleepwear, like Jefferson, but unlike Jefferson, a big parrot, Tito, is perched on his shoulder. Thank God we didn't see that. Oh. <laughs> yes. Did I say shot for that one since it was in the rewrite? Okay, no, shot. So, Annabelle, I have a question for you. So, how did you acquire this script? Um, I th- might have been eBay, or I might have got it from one of those, you know, there's some web- a few websites where they have older scripts. I mean, it's just a copy, a photocopy. So, it I might have got it in, like, a pack of, like, three scripts from eBay. And it's a writer's second draft, and it's dated January 24th, 1996, so quite early in the year. Uh, yeah, probably eBay, but there's there's no notes or anything on it. It's just photocopied. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just reading it. It's like interesting some of the dialogue here. Like he talks mm. about uh, this is quoting Rush Limbaugh using uh, the parrot used the word feminazi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very interesting. But I mean, instead, all they've reduced this guy down to is, uh, uh, I guess, a sex addict, you know, who's masturbating with liquid soap. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's that's it. Yeah, I mean, we see nothing else about him. No other mention of him for the rest of the episodes. No, there's literally no point. I mean, if that if I were that actor, I'd be ticked off. <laughs> I'd be like, "Damn, <laughs> thought mm. I was gonna get thought I was gonna get a good role in a spinoff here, and the spinoff ends up sucking, and I get one line, and it's about me jerking off with soap." <laughs> well, I hope that was And then scrambling the well, he had to. He just scrambled the porn channel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I'd be pissed if I were him. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> yeah, well, currently, according to IMDb, he is senior vice president at Nickelodeon Entertainment Lab in Burbank. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, hey, sounds like he hmm. made it. I mean, <laughs> he recovered. I did remember yeah. him in um, The Great Outdoors. He was the, he was John Candy's son. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. I mean, he has 30 acting credits. I can see he, he was in Max Hedrum. I remember, if, if for those of you who might remember that, Matt, that might be a little before your time. I remember it. I've heard of Max Headroom, and I've seen the opening credits. This is Max Headroom, but I've never actually watched it. And you did it pretty well. Hey, maybe, I guess, uh, having a little booze in you <laughs> works. <laughs> maybe, but I'm, I'm sure we'll do it just as well without any booze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, Shannon, I'm sorry about a fight. And to make up for it, I bought you a present. It better be good. Ta-da! <laughs> what are those? Hey, it's nine o'clock at night. It was either this or a Polish sausage. <laughs> Look, Tom, I'm sure in your eyes these were a very sweet gesture. <laughs> but I need more than a gesture. I knew I should have gone with the sausage. <laughs> Look, Tom. Cosmo says that I'm an underdater. No problem. Tonight you can be on top. <laughs> what I mean is, is that a girl like me has big dreams. I shouldn't be dating you. I should be dating your boss. <laughs> you did date his boss. <laughs> you did? How do you think you got your promotion? I thought it was because I dated his wife. 
You know, I don't know what keeps me here when there's a city full of middle-aged rich men just one drink away from infidelity. I know what keeps you here. <laughs> Forget it, Tom. You know, the TV Guide horoscope was right. I have no business living with a Libra. We are so through. You can't leave like this. Come on, we haven't had sex today. Speak for yourself. <laughs> okay, so Tom comes in and he apologizes. I mean, Jackson, Jackson's gone and he's out of the episode. There's no point to this guy. And thankfully we didn't get his talking parrot. So Tom comes back in and he's, uh, he wants to apologize to, Sh- to Shannon and he even brought her a present. Aww. Three droopy roses. Mm. Well, it was either that or a Polish sausage. Uh, I would have liked I would have taken the sausage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So would have I. I love Polish sausage. Yeah, Polish oh, sausage. Oh, shot. Yeah. I'm running out of drinks. It's, I'd say these some of mine, Annabelle, but they're all the way in Perth. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Oh, by the way, I'm not drinking VB. Sorry, Luigi. I'm not either. I'm drinking currently a Kentish ale called Spitfire. Oh, that sounds good. I'm drinking Coopers, and it's a lovely purple can. <gasps> I love Coopers. Oh, yeah. Now, Annabelle, next time I'm over, I need to go to the brewery. Yes. So, actually, I want to make a shout-out then to Vincent T., you know, our Australian fan. <laughs> so, can you just comment on, 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 the, on, the beer, uh, on the beer selection for this episode? <laughs> what do you think, Vincent? Vincent, I'm drinking Cooper's Brewery XPA. Vincent, I'm being a tracer and I'm drinking British Ale from Kent. Yeah, Budweiser for me. Uh, What's up? I already said Dossie. Wise. And I've got some uh, Tito's. I'm going to be out of Dossie, but before we get done with this. Mm. Yeah, I should have bought more. I would buy a Corona, but I don't have a mask. (laughs) (laughs) that was so two years ago yeah i know (laughs) so so chris what were you having i've got some tito's handmade vodka tito the parrot cosmo says that shannon is an underdater whatever the hell that means (laughs) just go out of more dates shot (laughs) tonight she could be on top yeah i I like that line (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, if you like the line, you don't have to take a shot. <laughs> I'll just take it just for to be part of the team. <laughs> take one. So Shannon shouldn't be dating a guy like Tom. She should be dating his boss. <laughs> Why not? He got a promotion. <laughs> shot. No. <sighs> I thought it was because I dated his wife. I call it shots, not you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, Mr. Designated Driving Instructor Stephen. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be doing any designated no. driving <laughs> instruction today. I have to teach a class instead. Uh. <laughs> 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 I think we're all channeling Dan Chase here. <laughs> This being said, I do not need beer to burn. <laughs> oh, man. 
going to tang- I was going to tangent here. So my work used to have a swear jar, but because I don't really swear, at the time I used to burp a lot of my desks. So my work mother, one of my colleagues, she made me put money in the swear jar when I burped. I put at least twenty dollars in there. <laughs> I should do that. You know, uh, it's funny. Uh- Matt, I have a friend named Cosmo, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's Cosmo. his name. Yeah, you know, co- coincidentally, and uh, he has a reputation that anytime I hang out with him, it's like my uh, I drop f bombs like every other word. Yeah, it's just like it, it's like one of the things, and and people know like whenever I've hung out with Cosmo because it takes me a few days to detox from him. Oh, all right. <laughs> I think we all have a friend like that. Yeah. <laughs> The TV horoscope was right. I have no business living with a Libra. What are y'all's opinion on, uh, like, astrological signs? Do y'all, do y'all believe in that stuff? Bullshit. <laughs> Anybody else? Bullshit. Well, I will, all I'll say is, my work gets the daily paper delivered, mainly for the sports page and the horoscopes. That's it. Uh, what about lotto <laughs> numbers? Well, we've got a lot of lottery syndicates, but... Uh, you use an app you know, the main... <laughs> The main reason we read the paperwork is the horoscopes and the sports page. I do occasionally <laughs> read horoscopes, and sometimes I'm interested if it sort of uh, makes sense, if it lines up with something that happened that day. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But no, it's a, not, a, not a thing I follow. No, not a thing. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I think it's complete bullshit, too. I just was curious. Cause, cause, believe it or not, there's a, lot, there's a hell of a lot of people that believe in it. I mean, oh, <laughs> there's yeah. people that it's, like it. It's... Run big, it's- it's vague enough to not be specific, mm. but it's also not specific enough to be direct. Right? Yeah. It's, yep. Yeah. There's a, there's a hell of a lot of people that believe it, though. They they it runs their whole life. But yeah, I think it's complete bullshit. But yeah, I was or, just curious. Or, or, or to quote the T-shirt at one, one of my friends' wore a Halloween party last year: "Boo sheet." <laughs> shot. Yeah, shot. Yes, that's my friend. I uh, thought that... I said I call it shots here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm out of shots anyway. Oops. Oh no! Time to refill. Okay, I'll be right back after this message. That was a good show. I liked that. Oh, I love Chicken Hill. It's, it's my favorite animated um adult animated series. I often sometimes crack a beer open in the opening credits when the Hank does, literally right on cue. Mm. Alcohol, because of and solution to all of my problems. Wrong show. Yeah, Simpsons. But yes, uh, yeah, I love yeah Simpsons. Hill. Yeah. In fact, I'd go as far to say, my dad and I are role reverse Bobby and Hank. <laughs> I think this is quiet here is very relaxing. Yes, very relaxing here tonight. Certainly is better than the episode playing. Oh, definitely. Uh, I'm glad I watched enough Friends before we, we reviewed this one because I wanted to make sure I watched enough actual Friends before watching Enemies. 
You know, something I noticed in the um, Internet Movie Database is that it was ranked like a 5.8, I think. Were those people drunk when they rated it? Probably. Yeah. Because I don't see anyone could have ranked this above a 5. Maybe, maybe a 4 at most. Maybe if you were some sort of married to children hack who believes every episode is 10 out of 10, but come on, guys. This episode is naff. This episode is a cock-up. Are you talking about its 5.8 rating on IMDb? Yes. What? Is IMDb rigged? Is it a Russian hack IMDb? Is it rigged? <laughs> yeah. That's it. It was rigged. <laughs> Tom, I know you're feeling upset about Shannon leaving, but you'll feel better if you stop sulking and do something. <laughs> you're right. I do feel better. What did you do? Smashed a porcelain cat collection. <laughs> Shannon has a porcelain cat collection. Now, I may be a crazy cat lady, but I do not have a porcelain cat collection. I have a few collections, including bottle cats and beer bottles, uh, pop vinyls, and other things, but nothing like that. I collect debt. You collect what? I collect debt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I've been I've been doing better. But I collect uh, baseball. I really don't collect anymore because I built the collection I wanted to build of baseball cards. I was born in 1967, and that was the year that the St. Louis Cardinals won a World Series. So I have that championship set of that team. That was my ultimate collection, and I where I finally finished it about four or five years ago. We don't sell a Barbie doll to pay for them. <laughs> I, I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, uh, someone had to say. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all obsessed with married with children. <laughs> I think? <laughs> yeah. Look, Tom, obviously you're feeling hurt right now. Uh, hurt? <laughs> Come on, that's a girly thing. I'm feeling the guy version of hurt. Horny. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's also the guy version of happy, curious, and sleepy. In fact, is there ever a moment when you guys aren't horny? Prostate exams. <laughs> and the It's a Small World ride. Mm, no, just prostate exams. I forgot about those little Polynesian girls. <laughs> so what's the guy version of hurt? Guy version of what? Of hurt. So... Tom is feeling very hurt. He says, no, that's a girly thing. He's feeling the guy version of hurt. Oh, yeah. Shot. <laughs> Horny. Gold. I have a rum and coke. I'm going to skull it. <laughs> no, I just had a sip. Well, I'm just, I've almost finished beer number five. Nice. I'm on drink number five, I think. But I've had a couple of different drinks. Which reminds me, how many did you have at your wedding, Annabelle? H how, what? How many drinks did you have at your wedding? Oh, I lost count. Because I, I was drinking, uh, yeah, all sorts of things. And there was a few that, yeah, were, were given to me, a few I found on the table. And the, um, I remember that. And apparently quite late 
my sister-in-law caught the BK and we went up to our hotel room and apparently she was scuttling on the floor like like a crab and then brother put her in a cab and she shouted, I caught the bouquet at the cab driver. And apparently while they were downstairs, I was in the room and I ordered yet more champagne. But I have absolutely no memory of doing that. And I think I said something like, Do you, can you please send up your second least expensive bottle of champagne? <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Because it was on the tab when we checked out. And, like, and we were like, yeah, I, you, you brought some champagne and you had some and I had to finish it. And I had no memory of this at all. So at some point, yeah, I just lost count. <laughs> I remember the evening pretty well. I remember walking home back to my hotel just fine. Uh, how did you feel the following morning? I was just fine the following morning. I'm sure you were because you, <laughs> you barely get drunk. No, I, I, was, I was feeling okay actually because, yeah, I, I still slept pretty solidly. And then, I mean, I, I can certainly see why, you know, the majority of married couples do not have sex on their wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> No, because they're all drunk and they're exhausted. They just go to sleep. And then there may have been some vomiting. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, yeah. when I woke up... Then <laughs> so you got to wait till you're hungover to have sex. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't too hungover, actually, because when I drink, I do drink a lot of water as well. So uh, when I was drinking that night, I, every second drink was a water. So I did go to the bathroom That's a good. lot. But I do drink a lot of water when I when I drink. So I'm drinking water now. So I'll probably need to go to I just had drinks. I was, I was fine. I mean, I remember the following day... I went to another part of Adelaide to catch up with another friend. Yeah, well, when I go out, I don't get up until late the next day. So if I'm if I'm feeling hungover, I'll might take an aspirin. I'll have a big drink of water and sleep it off or whatever. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't too bad actually. What about like greasy food? I mean, burgers and yeah, KFC gets visited a lot by uh, ah. by hungover Australians. Yeah. Yes, we love mm. it's like chicken Waffle here. House. Waffle House is the place where people, <laughs> well, not only drunk, but hung over the next day, too. <laughs> yeah. I've got a question for you. Yeah? Is there ever a moment when when guys aren't horny? Uh, yes. I'm not horny right now, if it helps, Annabelle. <laughs> okay, then. When we're hungry. <laughs> I'm not horny when I'm getting a prostate exam, I can tell you that. <laughs> Oh, no one. Yeah, no one is. Uh, so Ray, uh, Ray, Ray, what's his name? Tom was right about that. <laughs> now that was a good line. So no shot. What the Polynesian girls line? <laughs> oh. Uh. Yeah. You know what? You're no better than your skirt chasing father. Hey, it was your mother who walked into a married man's house in that little maid's outfit. She was the maid, you idiot. Still, I am not like him. I know the first name of almost every woman I've ever slept with. And with any luck, I'm about to learn a new one. All right, so it's in this exchange that follows that we find out that Tom and Maria are half-siblings. She was the maid. Keyword, was. Mm. Yeah, but Tom's not like him. He knows the first name of almost every woman he's ever slept with. Almost, yes. <laughs> but uh, not all of them. Not, not good enough, Tom. Mm, and just the first name. <laughs> you know, Chris often describes this as the third act of Married with Children. Yeah. What is it? Seasons 9 through 11, I believe. Yeah. And if there is one gripe, and I really thought it started in season 8, was just the over-reliance 
on continuous sex jokes. Mm-hmm. One after the other. And that's one of my biggest criticisms of uh, the final act is that there are other ways to make you laugh other than trying to just come up with sex jokes. Sex jokes are easy to do. Yeah. It's more creative to come put the better way. It's kind of like what you and I were talking about medical jokes on uh, the agony and the extra C, how they do those lame medical jokes when they could come up with something better. You know, MASH did it. Scrubs did it. Mm. They're able to do it. When you, if you have good writers, you can research things and figure out great ways to make a good joke, either about medicine or, in this case, sex. You know, find something else to go to use for humor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, jokes, jokes get old. And, and, you know, they were also very pop culture heavy during this time. So, you know, to me, it's like rewatching later seasons you can actually see that they're more dated, especially yeah. now that, you know, we're 25 years out from when it ended. Because, Almost, you know, yeah. again, I mean, like this is now, you know, we're talking about, you know, friends and they're making reference to cheers and all that. I mean, all like whereas in the early seasons, it's more of the family dynamic, you know. So to me, it's like yeah. those are rewatchable because, you know, they're they're, you know, they're not really of a certain time. I mean, Moye yeah. did talk about that. Right. But I mean, to me, it's like this is the reason why for me, like seasons, particularly like seasons 10 and 11 are not as rewatchable without knowing all of this stuff. I mean, if you yeah. weren't there, it's not going to be funny. But I, I feel like somebody who's maybe a little younger than Matt is going to have a hard time understanding these episodes. Agreed, Luigi. I mean, I was only five in this premiere, and it helps that I know my pop culture enough to understand Married to Children. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine in the UK earlier today, and uh, I was saying to her, I think anyone who has been in social media knows I love Married to Children. Yeah, I mean, and it's y'all make good points, and it's it's surprising that, that some of the writing in this episode in particular are so bad because... Uh, as we said earlier, they have we have our A team of writers here with Richard German and Stacy Lip, both of which have some of the best some of some of my favorite episodes in the whole series are written by them. Well, it's like what I said. I think this was a network thing and their hearts weren't in it. They thought, well just do this to please the network and right. then go back to doing real married with children stuff. Get the easy paycheck. So we'll just pump this out and, and move on. <laughs> excuse me. You know, and Katie, you're, you're Se- Thank you. yeah, Katie Seagal was missing through a lot of season 10. She still is right now for mm-hmm. having a kid. I think it was probably good she wasn't in this one. Oh, yeah. She locked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I was getting at. She locked out. Bud quit after the first scene, so he's safe. Mm-hmm. But poor um, Christina Applegate, she had to go through with the rest of this crap. Yeah, <laughs> and then and, at times and then looks... they bring in Jefferson and and Marcy. Oh God! Yeah, oh, oh, no. we're just about all. to get to that. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it right now. This is the worst scene for Marcy and Jefferson in the entire series. This is really, really bad. I mean, every single line is cringeworthy. But you ready to do shots? I'm gonna drink an yeah. entire bud just for the, do it. Just for the whole scene. I can't <laughs> yeah. even do shots. Just drink the. All right. So excuse me. All right. So we, we've mean, come. I'll do the same. Yeah. Keiko, pick up. 
Not some fake yuppie hangout. We are down with the people. <laughs> You're not wearing that Rolex I gave you, are you? Oh, no, no. I sold that long ago. <laughs> I mean, it's too precious to ever wear. <laughs> Yo there, bro. to the hood. <laughs> what can you recommend? The hamburger. Oh, well, uh, we were hoping for something a little bit more, uh, down home. You know, like collard greens, oxtails, moon pies. I'm glad you've seen Martin. <laughs> But here, we serve hamburgers. Listen, Holmes. If you insist on dissing your customers in that manner, then we are just going to have to ease on down that road. Word. I guess you want your order to go. Just. Oh. Your mama. <laughs> Poor George has to deal with the Darcys. Yes. Um. Oh, I really feel for George here because you know having to deal with um. Marcin Jefferson trying to be cool with the um, black owner, which reminds me of uh, All in the Family episode where Mike is talking to Lionel Jefferson about, uh, you don't want to talk about, talk about a black woman all the time. It's like thinking, yeah, you know, there are other things besides ethnic issues, you know, Mike, or in this case, Marcin Jefferson. <laughs> now, you know, there is a reference here uh, about moon pies. So, you know, collard greens, I would assume most people know what those are in oxtails. Yum. So, right. Yeah. But um, a moon pie is very much like a, a ding dong uh, right. in terms of like it's, uh, it's look, it's it's two round graham crackers with like a marshmallow filling dipped in uh, chocolate. So, and they are somewhat regional. Like it's not something I think you find everywhere. I love in the U.S., pies. but... But our, our, I think our international uh, fans may not necessarily know what, what that. What well, we don't are. have them here, as far as I know. I think they're just, yeah, they're yeah. Like cookies with marshmallow. They're, they're pretty big here in the south. I, I, I love moon pies. Collard greens too, by the way. <laughs> not never, a had a, never had a moon pie. Uh, I've had um, obviously the hostess range, but never tried a moon pie. Uh, I find some of these uh, mass-produced American products rather underwhelming. Hmm. I've never had an oxtail, I don't think. <laughs> Not that never I have I. <laughs> Anybody else? Nope. Uh, I probably have. You know, I mean, like Italians, you know, we eat all parts of an animal. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. 
many people of British ancestry yeah. in all the parts as well. Yeah. So, I mean, so it really, it literally is the tail part of a, of a cow. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so it's made, you know, uh, I mean, usually you make it like in a stew or something like that. But, uh, I mean, like I said, I've, I've eaten that. And when I was a kid, by the way, I worked in a butcher shop with my uncle. That was my summer job. So I'm very familiar with uh, slicing up animals. <laughs> Nothing goes to waste. <laughs> Nothing goes to waste. Trust That's me. That's what good. is in a hot dog, Luigi. <laughs> uh, what's in a hot dog? Well, pretty much it's going to be a mix of everything. I just think of that scene from The Simpsons and Lisa the Vegetarian episode, which yes. yeah. the cloud, like what in her brain, what the hot dog's made of, and it's just you know like the beak, beaks and claws basically, <laughs> like a weenie top. <laughs> but no, it's um like just bit random parts of animals in 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 the hot dog. Yeah, well, you know, as long as it, I mean it's an edible part. Obviously, it's not got you know. I mean, yeah. you're you're just you're just taking all of that and you're just mixing it up and grinding it. Mm. Yum. You know, and <laughs> I mean, and just remember, you know, like a lot of people, for example, don't like fat, right? But fat is what gives things flavor. But you know, yeah. if you literally you know grind everything through, you can't tell what's what. Mm. <laughs> no, you just, and you put them in casings, and that's what you eat. And I'll tell you, with sausage, like traditionally, like sausages are made with cellulose, like in terms of like a skin covering. Mm -hmm. But in the olden days, you used intestines. Yeah. So what you would do is you would take the small intestines, you would actually clean them, and I, which I've done. Like I, we, we made traditional sausage every so often. You almost like turn them inside out and you clean out sort of the insides of them and that becomes the casing. And then you just fill it up with uh, your ground meat. Yeah. Ugh. It's delicious. Yum. But yes, fat is flavor, especially, say, Lancashire black pudding. I mean, because I eat most British food, including the awful dishes like, or blood dishes like black pudding, white pudding, haggis, savory ducks, also known as faggots in the Wales in the West Country. Yum, yum, yum. There's a line in the West Wing, one of my favorite shows is, they say there are two things you don't want to see being, or don't want to see being made, or you don't want to know how they're made. Laws and sausages. <laughs> that was uh, that's a quote from Otto von Bismarck. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I German food for lunch, so yes, very fitting today. Anyway, Marcy and Jefferson's scene is wow! Shot, shot, yeah. shot, 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 yeah. shot, Kaboom. shot, 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 Call yeah. the shots, remember? Okay. I'm having a shot now. Good. George is glad to have seen Martin. And Martin's been referenced on, on Married with Children before. If you go back to, again, Season 8, Episode 16, in How Green Was My Apple, there's another Martin reference yep. there when Bud and Kelly are acting it out on TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. I'm, pu I'm puzzled as to how they could actually, how the writers could think that this was funny. Like, it's it's dumb. Like... The, the only part where I, I actually kind of smiled was where the cook goes, I'm glad you've seen Martin, but here we serve, <laughs> but here we serve hamburgers. <laughs> yes. I, I actually felt bad for this guy. I mean, he has to deal with the whitest people in town coming in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I'd say he was probably one of the few redeeming characters of, of, the, of the episode. Of the whole, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah, because, you know, at that time there was something – called the wigger culture was white people trying to act like they're black it started in oh, high school yes. and yes. i think they were trying to 
tap into that at the time. But it doesn't work when you're middle-aged. I know. I mean, notice how Jefferson is wearing a bad boy hat, which was <laughs> yeah. very popular here in Australia in the 90s and 2000s, backwards. I mean, I will admit, I used to wear a hat backwards a fair bit as a teenager, but that was not me trying to act black. That was more me trying to act like the singer for The Offspring, amongst other things. <laughs> yeah. You, you reminded me of, um, if you watch David Faustino and his girlfriend on Howard Stern, it's from yeah. almost exactly a year later after this, and Howard Stern accused Faustino of, he used to talk like a wigger. And, <laughs> and there's a whole exchange there, like, um, you used to talk like that. He's like, oh, no, no, I didn't. It's like, oh, come on, give us an example. And he's like, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like February 97. It's on YouTube. You can look it up. I won't, re- won't go through it. But yeah, <laughs> that's what you reminded me of just said. And that was post Grandmaster B. Yeah, but he was sort of referring back to that that era and and yeah. and this era here, you know, the mid nineties. So. <laughs> but yeah, we're now in a new set. We're in this this, this diner, <laughs> <laughs> and um, George is flipping burgers, and there's a, a girl called Keiko. George, hi. I've never been a waitress before. When customers leave money on the table, who is it for? <laughs> It's for me. <laughs> See, it's, it's their way of showing appreciation for the guy who cooked the food. <laughs> I have so much to learn. <laughs> and Keiko might look familiar because she was in Married with Children before. She was in Ship Happens Part 2. She's one of the reporters. Yes. Oh, that's, that's right. A, yeah. Yes, I do remember her. I forgot about that when I was making some extra notes last night. Mm. I mean, she looks very different here, but it, when you realize it, you thought, oh, of course it is. Yeah. Her name is Melissa Chan. So, at the beginning of this scene, so Ke- Keiko, Ke- Ke- Keiko, <laughs> is, um, she's, she's, you know, the, the, the dumb waitress or the inexperienced waitress, I should say. Oh, yeah. Then the two couples show up. Tom is with uh, Kelly. George. Hey. Meet Kelly. Oh, hey, Kelly. Welcome to George's Diner, a place where everybody knows your name but is rude to you just the same. It's just like my house. So, Tom. Excuse me. Oh, sir. Did you and Shannon break up, or is she just out of town? No, she's in town. No doubt crying into a pint of Chunky Monkey over losing me, huh? (laughs) Somebody has to read about Chunky Monkey. Chunky Monkey. Oh, that's a, that's a flavor of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, which uh, I'll just look at when it was introduced. Chunky Monkey. I'm trying to do my best uh, Midlands Northern English accent. When was it introduced? Okay, so Chunky Monkey is a flavor of Ben and Jerry's consisting of banana ice cream with fudge chunks and walnut. When was it introduced? There are so many flavors of ice cream. See, even when I was a boy, there were only about seven or eight flavors back in the 90s. To the Americans, we didn't really have Baskin-Robbins here until the 2000s. Oh, that explains things. Yes. <laughs> I, I, uh, I went to the Ben & Jerry's factory in Vermont uh, this All past, right. uh, the summer of 2021 with my kids. And one of the great things about Ben & Jerry's is they have what they call the flavor graveyard. So about once an hour, someone comes out and reads the biography of certain flavors of ice creams that have been discontinued. 
and you know you take off your hat you know as sort of like uh, they, they they do this little thing and the kids love it where it's like you know like we we're going to pray for the repose of uh you know this uh flavor blah 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 and they read the flavor's biography and uh, sort of why it uh it why the flavor died but chunky monkey is a very popular one i mean bananas and walnuts i mean i think you can go wrong Agreed. I mean, I will say personally, I think Ben and Jerry's overpriced what you get, and there's a uh, there's some really good independent ice cream shops here in Perth. One of which has been around since the 1980s. So, if any of you are in Perth, uh, go to the Junction Ice Creamery in Midland. You will not regret it. Ben and Jerry's is so expensive here. I don't know. I don't know if Ben and Jerry's is really like a. Well, I mean, I guess I see it on 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 shelves here at grocery stores, but uh, Bluebell pretty much dominates my region. Uh, we have this uh, company, this brand called Bluebell. But uh, is that mainly a southern thing or Texan thing, Chris? I think it's definitely a southern thing. I, I it's it's. How about Stephen? Do, do you guys have Bluebell in Oklahoma? But yeah, we do have Bluebell in um, Oklahoma. We do have a plant that makes it out in Broken Arrow. It's very popular here too. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely a southern thing, but I mean Baskin Robbins are big here too. I mean, hell, there's there's a Baskin Robbins less than a mile from my house. I I go there fairly frequently. <laughs> Might go there today, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's getting nice and warm for a change. Yeah. Oh, well, it's not getting nice and cooler here for a change. I mean, we're going to bleeding winter in June. Yeah, forget it's opposite down there. Yes, opposite. Yeah, the water runs over in the drain here. <laughs> I want to see that one of these days I'm going to go down to Australia or New Zealand so I can see it for myself you, you're going to love it I don't know if I'll love it I just want to see it <laughs> <laughs> and Shannon walks in hi Tom <laughs> hi Shannon what brings you here a jaguar <laughs> owned by Henry I'm Henry. My other car is a yacht. So you're going to introduce me to your little friend? Kelly, meet Shannon. Oh, hi. She's the woman I used to go home to after my dates. <laughs> Henry, meet Tom. He's the guy who thought I stayed home while he went out with other women. Uh, it's good to see that people can break up and still remain such good friends. <laughs> so, uh, where, where'd you two meet? At Macy's. I was there to buy a gift for my wife, and I thought I'd pick up a little something for me. <laughs> Excuse me, George. Kelly and I would like a table for two. Henry and I would like a table for one. And I'd like to pass a health inspection, so good luck to all of them. Oh, yeah, Shan walks in first, and she is with someone who is just an actor. <laughs> I know what you're referring to. And Alan Thicke is just an actor. <laughs> I forgot to send you this, Annabelle. I was going to send you the a YouTube video series of the best of dick solomon from Turd oh. rock and the sun <laughs> i'm I forgot so in love with john lithgow it's crazy but yeah i think i've seen that video <laughs> 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 but just yeah i saw that episode again the other day because they're rerunning third rock from the sun on two different channels here at the moment 
And oh. yeah, it's like just, and it's like, and Alan Thicke is just an actor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I kind of like Alan Thicke. He was a surprise. <laughs> you know, I think what's most surprising for me, like watching this first run, was, you know, again, playing the Seaver dad. You know, you're going to. Ben. You, know, you, 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 had, you had a, like, a vision of. Of like you know again you're you're making the actor into his character right you know it's like yeah you, I I can't see him as being like a sleazy guy no so then like so then when he's when he shows up you're like wait a minute he's sleazy like like we're like I'm saying we're not able like my brain wasn't able to compute having him play this character of Henry right. Vis-a-vis, you know, his character, Jason Seaver on Growing Pains. So that was like uh, a big mismatch for me. And I don't know how you guys felt felt about that, but that that's one of my problems. Okay, I'm glad you asked, Luigi, because um, despite Kirk Cameron's, well, being all bonkers and later on a Growing Pains, I actually quite liked the show overall, especially Tracy Gould as Carol. So it was nice to see Alan Thicke in a different role as the, than Jason Seaver. And uh, I will say on a side note, uh, Alan Thicke died way too young. I was like, "What? Jason Seaver is dead when he when he passed away." Oh, Matt, um, that you know that movie I mentioned with Christina Applegate and Matthew Perry, Dusk yeah. to Dawn. Tracy Gold is in that too. It's got all these. All right. It's got all these '80s stars in it. So Kelsey Grammer, Alyssa Milano. Oh yeah, Tracy Gold. It's just it's actually not a bad film for for a TV movie that's about proms. It's actually pretty fun. So definitely worth cool. checking out. Yeah, we'll say just quickly. Um, Carol was by a country mom, my favorite character in Growing Pains. Uh, I thought to myself, see, Kelly Bundy. I wouldn't date a real life Kelly Bundy, but I would date a real life Carol Sevier. That helps. Right. Okay. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Kelly Bundy would too be too thick. Be a little bit too thick for me. <laughs> thick. So uh, um, I watched Chris. You might. <laughs> I watched um, <laughs> The Masked Singer because it's my guilty pleasure. And Robin Thicke is one of the judges. And every time he talks, he sounds exactly like his father. It's if you close your eyes, you think it's Alan Thicke talking. Mm. Huh? How about that? <laughs> yeah. So um, Alan Thicke and um, David Faustino, they were good friends. And uh, I think Alan Thicke appeared on his show Starving once or twice. So either since Married with Children, they stayed friends, but they've they've worked together a, a few times, a couple of times since. And Faustino was very sad when Alan Thicke passed away. And like you said, Matt, he died way too young. He wasn't even 70. That's way too young. Yeah. And I remember he was playing um, sports with his sons. Yes. Yeah, I seem to recall that. We will see Alan Thicke again in the show, in arguably a much, well, less... Less naff, epi- less naff episode. Mm. It's a, in, a, in a less naff episode, too. Yes, in a less, less naff character, but he's still playing a rich guy. Interesting. He has that look of him. He does. I mean, in the script, it says, you know, he's a, a very attractive man in his 50s. So a rich, attractive guy in his late 50s or whatever. Yeah. But he, his character, Henry, like when he says things like, oh, in this light, you remind me of my fourth wife's daughter. It's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I agree with Luigi. It's hard to see him as anything else other than Jason Seaver and growing things. Yeah. 
And it's a disservice to the actor. I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, it's great when characters, you know, when actors and actresses have range. Mm -hmm. And they play different types of characters. But, you know, on a show like Married with Children, which was like spoofing Growing Pains, and there were plenty of Growing Pains jokes through the years. Mm. It it just, it didn't look right. Especially like when we get into season 11, even that was difficult as well. It's like, I almost feel like if they had a, someone who who wasn't, a sitcom dad, right? <laughs> uh, it, like it, it, it might have worked better, but I, I it just it it didn't do it for me. You know, Annabelle, you and I were talking about John Lithgow a minute ago. Mm-hmm. That's a guy you can't pigeonhole. He can play. Oh anything. my god! That's why he's my favorite actor of all time. He, he can be the bad guy. He can be the good guy. He can be the crazy one, the silly one, the insane one. It, it's amazing his range. I, I read an article recently about him, and it described him as having more range than a Montana cattle ranch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, he's just... Oh. I mean, I've, I know people who can't watch Third Rock again after seeing him in Dexter. So <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh, he's just so good. And, like, he's always good in everything as well. I mean, he plays all these different parts, but he's always great. Even if the movie sucks, you know he's going to be good in it. Mm. Like Harry and the Hendersons. That's, I, I know <laughs> I don't like that one. But I think he saved that from being a total bomb. I really do. I need to watch that again. I have not watched that since I was a kid. Same here. Uh, I, my first thing I was aware of with John Lithgow was the Santa Claus movie, if any of you ever saw that. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. I first remember him in The World According to Garth. Oh, he had great hands. Yes. <laughs> How many of those Santa Claus movies did they end up making? They ended up making a lot of them, didn't they? With Tim Allen, like three? Yeah, with Tim Allen, yeah. yeah. Not the Santa Claus. There was a movie from the 80s, about 1985, called Santa Claus the Movie. Oh, right. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Horrible, horrible movie. But I John Lithgow, of course, can still pull, somehow pull a diamond out of a piece of crap any day. Right. Yeah, and he's like such a nice guy too, and it's just he's just eminently likable. Yeah, I I missed a chance to meet him. I was so mad at myself. Mm. I forgot because he was filming some scenes of a uh, T not T House of uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. They're shooting that here in Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. he was in uh, uh, Pawnee, and then he went to Tulsa. I knew he would, and they said you know he's going to be out these days, and I can. I don't know how I completely forgot that. I guess I was so busy doing other stuff, I forgot. But, man, I was so mad at myself. I wanted to meet him. Well, maybe one day. One day, one day. Yeah. But I guess we need to move on, go back to the show, unfortunately. Yes. I oh, know. It's <laughs> nice to talk about pleasant things. So, yeah, she's coming with Alan Thick. He's old enough to be her dad. Oh, but... no, it's gross. It's like, really, guys? Come on. Yeah, he was there to buy a gift for his wife and he thought he'd pick up a little something for himself because everyone is married on this show. I, I thought it was funny, like, what brings you here? I mean, if we just go back a bit, she says, what brings you here, a Jaguar? You remember that was a, uh, a peg like that, right? It's like, I see myself in a Jaguar. It's like, if I could only find one that hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These other cars are yacht. Yeah. Oh, what an idiot. <laughs> I mean, that is an idiot. You know, my other car's a yacht. 
<laughs> yeah, that's pretty stupid. Shot. <laughs> Shot. Kelly, when I'm with you, I feel like you're the only woman in the world. She's holding his hand right in front of me. So what? I thought I was the only woman in the world. I'm sorry, did you say something? So, I was going to say I feel sorry for Kelly in the scene, but I think I feel so sorry for Christina because she's just having to deal with all this. Yeah, I, I had that in my notes too that I was yeah. feeling sorry for Kelly. Yeah, because Kelly's been her nice, usual, like, sweet self and then has to meet this trash bag and her rich boyfriend. <laughs> who is his girlfriend. All right, speaking of seeing things, Kelly is definitely not wearing a bra in this scene. Woo! <laughs> And I don't think Nicole Eggett is. <laughs> it's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room. I'm the DJ and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry With Children. <laughs> we used to be good together. We knew this day would come. So we get this montage, and the music is a very it was it's quite obvious that it's a a parody, a sound alike of "Tainted Love," uh, a song by Soft Cell back in 1981, which in itself is a cover. So they've taken the the more famous Soft Cell version of "Tainted Love," and they've done a, a sound alike song, and it does sound a lot like "Tainted Love." So kudos to Jonathan Wolf there. And yes. was it you, Stephen, who wrote out the lyrics to this? I didn't do that. Luigi. Uh, I found them actually on uh, your website, oh, right. uh, uh, Annabelle, <laughs> which is a great resource, although I think you seem to have forgotten about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't forgotten about it. I just, like, because uh, a lot of things need updating. I just, I either go to the, the, the source material or to our notes. So... <laughs> But yeah, I should look at my own script more often. But because I'm in the podcast drive constantly anyway, I generally get the script from there. But it's all text. There's no action. So I really should look at my own damn website. <laughs> anyway. So yeah. I mean, the lyrics, <laughs> if you're interested in the lyrics at all, I mean, they're, they're in the transcript on my site. Excuse me. <laughs> People eat there. <laughs> so this elderly couple... Is played by Jean Howard and her husband, Rance Howard. And they are the parents of actor-director Ron Howard. 
both were born and lived in Duncan, Oklahoma for many years. Yeah, that's where Ron Hallett's from. Jean appeared also in the following Married with Children episodes, and bingo was her game mode, business sucks, and assault and batteries. She has also been in several episodes of Unhappily Ever After, created by Married with Children co-creator Ron Levitt, and she had 52 acting credits. Rance has over 280 acting credits. He was a regular on The Andy Griffith Show and General Ben and The Waltons. He also appeared on very... Um, Important shows like Happy Days, Seinfeld, The X-Files, and Babylon 5. And he'll be back next season in How to Marry a Moron. Yeah, I do think it's cool that they, they have both of them on this episode yeah. together. That is a plus for this one. Yeah. And, yeah, we've seen Jean as the crotchety old lady, sweet face but crotchety old lady before. As you said, but here she's with her husband. So, yeah, and they are Ron Howard's parents. And so by this point, we've seen three of his relatives on the show. Oh, yeah, I forgot Clint was in Bingo as well. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy her character, the the, the old lady here, Miss Howard. She's yeah. uh, in particular in her other episodes, but she has probably the one, the, the funniest line of the whole episode here. <laughs> I know what but, you're uh, thinking of, and I think <laughs> about no. the same thing. Take yeah, to the I, I, yeah, I definitely enjoy her, though. <laughs> I, I, my, my favorite line of her for the series is in Assault and Batteries. It's like, hey, aren't you that mean guy at the mall? <laughs> <laughs> that mean shoe salesman? <laughs> like, yeah, eat shoe and die. <laughs> oh, Henry, I'm really turned on. Let's make love. Shall we do it in the Jag, or do you want to go to my condo? No, let's go someplace really romantic. The bathroom. What kills me is that uh, it was Shannon who, was it Shannon who first it said, um, some of the effect that, uh, you know, she didn't want to go back to his bed. She didn't want to go back to his apartment. She wanted to go to the bathroom with him. Oh, shot maybe. Uh, no. <laughs> shot. Shot. Come on, let's go to the bathroom too. Okay, I'll try, but I don't think I have to go. Oh, Henry, please blow on my neck. That's you. You know, in this light, you remind me of my fourth wife's daughter. Oh, Kelly! You're the best! This is really fun, but, um, could you wait outside? Because now I really have to go. Hold on, I'm not done impressing Shannon. Well, let me know if there's anything I can do to just hurry it along. Oh, Henry! You you can moan like Shannon. Oh, Henry! Oh, Oh, Henry? Henry? Kelly, lower. Oh, Henry, 
someone take me to the bathroom? <laughs> and then the elderly couple. <laughs> I just, oh God! Yeah, they're listening to what's going on, and and the old lady says, "Oh, Edward, take me to the bathroom." <laughs> Ironically, yeah, and ironically, in the bathroom, they're not doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's all acting. It's all fakery. Yeah, it's all just to make each other jealous, of course. I mean, and I don't know about men's bathrooms in diners in the u.s but are there no urinals or we're just not seeing that (laughs) (laughs) good maybe they didn't have the money maybe the budget for this spinoff was so small they didn't even they didn't even bother putting putting in a urinal (laughs) remember they didn't care so (laughs) that's true but you know what you know what it is it's like those are fake walls and if you're going to have a realistic looking urinal made of porcelain it's going to be very heavy mm-hmm. yeah so, so 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 they're probably trying to put together like a set very quickly it's just easier to have a toilet on the floor yeah than yeah. hanging a urinal and having to reinforce it so it doesn't you know fall down and kill somebody oh, yeah. the toilet was a ferguson that's right yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, besides Uh, the old couple. Excuse me. Who was that? Okay, who who was that? It It wasn't me. (laughs) Oh, Annabelle. (laughs) I I think besides, like, the uh, the old couple, you know, talking about going into the bathroom, I I think uh, the moaning part was very funny. Like, it's like, oh, Henry, oh, Henry. (laughs) Yeah, when Kelly said, oh, Henry, I cracked up laughing. That was pretty funny. That was pretty damn funny when she said, oh, Henry. <laughs> Did it make anybody think of, oh, Henry? You know, the the, ah, the, the writer? You know, that's that's a very good point. <laughs> uh, that's pro- That probably would have been a Stacey Lip thing, too. Right? Yeah. She, she seems to like the literary stuff. That's like, as I said at the beginning. Yeah, she, she writes some, some racy jokes and then some very literary jokes. Yes. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, they're making each other jealous in their respective bathrooms. I mean, poor Kelly has to go into the men's bathroom and, and whatever else. And, yeah, the elderly couple, they want to go to the bathroom too, which is... <laughs> kind or at of least sweet. the old lady does. I mean, it, it, yeah. the, the old man doesn't say... Edwin doesn't say anything, no, but no, his wife uh, does want to go into the bathroom. <laughs> that was... Yeah, I'm sure Chris was referring to that earlier as one of the other funny lines in here. One of the few... I, I, that one made me laugh out loud. Yeah. yeah. Mm, that's it. No, that's it. I'm there. No, I'm there. You can't be there. I'm the only one who can take you there. one thing. I am not going on a second date with Tom. No, you shouldn't. A woman like you deserves a man who respects women. Nice legs. You want to get in my jag and go shopping? Sure. (laughs) Could you just wait one minute because I really have to use the bathroom. All right, but Kelly really does have to go to the bathroom now. But Tom and Shannon aren't done. And then, yep, oh, Henry, take me to the bathroom. And it's like, and then it's all, 
that's it. I'm there. No, I'm there. You can't be there. I'm the only one who can take you there. So, of course, what's his name? Tom. It's the simplest name. And I keep forgetting it. They, Tom bashes through the wall and um, he and Shannon are reunited, of course, and they start doing it presumably on the floor. I mean, gross. Oh, yuck. On the toilet. On the toilet. Yeah. yeah. As Archie Bunker would say. Yeah. Well, it looked like more like the floor. I mean, yeah. I think the toilet might actually be cleaner than the floor. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, yeah, and then Henry knows when he's licked. So then he turns to Kelly and he's like, hmm, nice legs. Want to get in my jag and go shopping? Shot. It's kind of strange. He's hitting on her and then next season, his, I don't think it's the same character. He's going to no. be, yeah, on a peg. Yeah, definitely yeah. different character. Same, similar vein, but different character and there are say better character yeah well i will give it that yeah but the the thought did cross my mind as well Stephen. yeah so uh he takes a quick uh, has a quick squeeze at curly lee's in the bathroom of course okay so now finally mercifully we are back at the Bundy house. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> oh, thank thank God. heavens. Daddy? <laughs> I want you to meet Henry. <laughs> Pumpkin, what did we say about talking to Daddy? <laughs> I'm watching my new favorite TV show. Friends? <laughs> Dad, Dad, I thought you hated this show. I do. <laughs> but if you mute the sound and watch with binoculars, <laughs> you can see that Jennifer Aniston isn't wearing a bra. This really is must-see TV. <laughs> this episode is agony. Ah! Listeners, there's a reason why we've been drinking watching this. Yes, I'm on my uh, seventh beer. <laughs> nice work. I'll speak of work. I do have to go to work tomorrow, so I'm now on, on the soft stuff. So, <laughs> yes, we're back. At the Bundy household, and Kelly walks in, laden down with shopping bags, expensive-looking jewelry, and a fur coat. And Alan Thick, Al's watching TV, and you know that expression on his face when they cut to a close-up of Al. That's the look mm-hmm. I have on my face watching this episode. Yes, that look. It's like really, guys. Uh-huh. Like, eh. So, what's Al watching? Friends. His new favourite TV show. Friends. How did Al get it? Oh, I know why Al got into it. Uh, he turned the sound off and he's admiring Jennifer Aniston's Hooters. Yes. <laughs> if you yeah, that's probably the only reason. And watch <laughs> Uh, and I, I have a, a side note. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my one of my distant relatives actually was in high school with her. She was, I think, a couple of years older than him, so he actually knew her and uh, had her phone number uh, to her home. You know, back when they were of school age. 
Uh, I thought that was interesting. She went to the High School of Performing Arts in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Because mm. her father's an actor, too, and he's been on Days of Our Lives since forever. In all the quests for promos and things and commercials that I've been looking for of this show, I've seen her in a few promos for a couple of shows that didn't last before she struck it big with friends, so I think she was always in the business. I think there was another kind of reference... I think it was earlier, though. When they were, I can't remember if it was Bud or if it was Al talking about if you look at the screen long enough with these binoculars, you could see their nipples or something like that. Well, that's what Al's doing now. Yeah, if you mute the sound and watch with binoculars, you can see that Jennifer Anderson is not wearing a bra. I do remember. I can't remember. It was like in the second or third season of Friends. They did get in a little trouble because apparently... Her nipple did go through like a little uh, afghan she was trying to cover herself in. And the oh, friends yes. got in trouble for something like that. So I wonder if that was a reference to that instant. Well, I, well, the thing is, on this episode, we have both Christina and Nicole not wearing We do. Yeah. So <laughs> I... There, there's a meme out there. It's I think it's... I see it a lot on Facebook. It's about how to keep men watching sitcoms and the three people in the in the picture are kelly bundy jennifer anderson and penny from big bang theory and they're all wearing tops and they're all like prominent nipples and it's a photoshopped picture of kelly even though she does not wear a bra a lot but that's a meme that i see a lot and that's exactly what that reminded me of here so it's like how to keep men interested in sitcoms or tv or something like that well, it's kind of interesting in history, if you look at the history of theater in Greece, they had these dramas or, or plays, and it was either comedy or drama, and the dramas were like soap operas. But here's the interesting thing. In order to get men to come, they'd have some women just lie there naked. They didn't have any lines or anything. They would just be like sitting out there naked. Kind of weird. I found the picture I was talking about. I'll send it to the group. Yeah, so it shows you that audiences really haven't changed. Guys still want to see boobies. It reminds me of that great scene in the movie show when Al goes in the wrong back into the wrong auditorium. Hey, Peg, I think I'm seeing Hooters over here. <laughs> I am seeing Hooters. All the men in Peggy's auditorium suddenly move out. <laughs> and he saw 22 hooters and it had no story at all <laughs> he had everything <laughs> also some people uh, also people died too <laughs> yep well, actually I should point out that uh, Henry gets the last line of the episode where he says this really is must see TV and that's of course a reference to NBC branding its primetime lineup of which Christine Applegate later joined with her show Jesse. Don't need to watch for the record. And indeed, uh, Must Say TV actually came back for the 2017-18 TV season. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And by the way, I was thinking about yeah, I did see I remember watching like the first couple of seasons of Jesse. How long did it last? Was it uh, just two, two seasons. seasons. Okay. They changed it 
after the first season and for no real apparent reason they just thought it was turning into too much of a romantic comedy so they changed Jessie's workplace and got rid of her father and her brothers and then she became like a, a nursing student and she had a, a job in a hospital type place and they introduced some new characters and the second season wasn't as good as the first maybe that's why me and my wife stopped watching it oh well possibly mm-hmm but yeah, if you do watch it in the first season, uh, David Faustino has a, a, a guest shot in. Uh, I do remember first... that. Yes. Yeah. Quite a few in jokes there. Well, a couple. Um, I got a question for you guys. In the version of this episode that you watched, did it have the end credits in intact, and did it have the correct music? Yes. No, I watched it on Hulu. Right. I watched it on my DVD, so it had the right end credit music. Yep. So yeah, so I, 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 I went to your uh, YouTube channel for the correct ending. What about you, Chris? Yeah, same here. My, mine didn't have it, but I, I, you know, I think it had the freeze frame of Kelly standing there, uh, but it didn't have, like, they weren't, like, moving or anything. Yeah, because I've got a DVD rip, which would have been the first release, the first Sony release of the uh, DVDs. I've got that rip, and it's got the replacement music and a still frame, still image of our henry and kelly still watching tv through binoculars so yeah that's why i uploaded the original credits to youtube thank you for your amazing service annabelle to all us married children fans and like i was saying i mean everyone who knows me knows i'm a fan of the show they'll go of course you like that or (laughs) yep yep or that's how we actually introduce to some people (laughs) so we cue uh you belong to the city here No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. So, Chris, how many drive-bys are you crying to your kingdom for for this episode? (laughs) Well, I... uh... I have a feeling that I know how the ratings are going to go, so I I will start off by saying a a couple of positives. First of all, I mentioned earlier, uh, Nicole Eggert looks amazing in this episode. Uh, She looks incredible. Uh, Unfortunately, her acting was not good, (laughs) and the writing for her was not good. But she did look great. The second positive, I'll say, the entire bathroom scene was very, very funny. Especially whenever Kelly said, oh, Henry, you know, I cracked up laughing there. And whenever uh, Ron Howard's mother goes, take me to the bathroom, (laughs) I laughed out loud at that. That was funny. If the rest of the episode in writing could have been that creative and um, well-written, you know, who knows? Maybe this this could have been a thing. But uh, like we said, you sort of get the feeling that the uh, this was a network thing. And, uh, you know, the Married with Children creative team said, hey, let's just push this out there and we'll move on with life. And that's the feel that I got. The writing wasn't great. The acting wasn't great. 
I, I mean, we even touched on how a, a couple of scenes in the when they were in the apartment, it looked like the the staging wasn't good either, and some of the camera angles were were uh, a bit odd. But uh, overall, I would say this is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, definitely the worst of the three spinoffs, I think. So, I uh, keeping it consistent with what I gave Top of the Heap, I, I, you know, way back in the day, I gave that a one. So, it's hard to imagine going above a one on this. So, I'm going to give it a one. I'll ask you guys this. I know everybody's about to give their ratings. What do you guys think is the best of the three spinoffs? I, I uh, personally, I like Radio Free Tremaine the best of the three, but uh, I'm here. I'll see what you guys say, but I'm giving this episode a one, so. Okay, very good. Very good, very good. All right, so, Stephen, how many drive-bys are you crying out to your kingdom for on this episode? <laughs> you know, I'm going to just repeat what Chris said in many ways. You know, I like I said, I thought they didn't seem to have any heart in this at all. The directors, nobody. And I agree. I think it was some sort of network decision. Hey, pull out something. And unfortunately, with zero drive-bys, there's nothing to put me out of my misery. <laughs> so by that alone, I'll ask for one drive-by. Because if they can't get me then and put me out of my misery after watching this, I don't know what else I am going to do. And after uh, about uh, 20 seconds consideration, I would agree with you, Chris. Radio Free Tremaine was the best attempt as a spinoff. All right, fabulous. Okay, so Luigi, how many drive-bys are you crying out to your kingdom for on this episode? Uh, a horse, a horse. And I think it's also going to be just one horse. <laughs> uh, you know, like going into this, uh, you know, as I've watched... Uh, and prepared for this episode, I, you know, one was the number that I had in there. I wasn't going to give it a zero because I'd say uh, Gene Spiegel Howard's piece like makes me laugh out loud each time. You know, looking at the episode again objectively, you know, and I talked about that before. One of my problems really is, again, Nicole Eggert, it just seemed like she was overacting. I, I feel like you can be subtle in terms of like your acting style, right? Be like a little more deadpan. But the fact that it was exaggerated, and I guess really that's more the word, you know, it was her part in particular exaggerated it all. I think the Tom character did a much better job. I thought the Maria character was fine. I mean, I think some of the lines she delivered were awkward. The Jackson character was completely useless. And to me, of the new characters that were introduced, Phil was the most real and relatable so it wasn't a complete waste of an episode, but it was almost very close. Yeah, but it, but it, like I said, uh, other than that, like it just didn't, it didn't jive for me. Uh, you know, again, I mentioned like the camera angles; it, it was weird. And of the three, in answer to Chris's question, I thought of Top of the Heap as I, I didn't think the concept of Top of the Heap was bad. But it felt, especially with the Joe Bologna character, with the dad, Charlie, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Charlie Reducci, he also was overacting. It was exaggerated. And I feel like if that had been more subtle, it would have worked better. But of the three, 
I will say that Radio Free Trumaine probably had the most potential. It would have been neat to see Kerry Russell in a sitcom. And I just want to go over the scores real quick uh, since I brought those up. So for Top of the Heap, the first spinoff attempt, that was originally rated, uh, Alex gave it a 2, Dan gave it a 0, and Jamie gave it a 1.5. For Radio Free Trumaine, I gave it a 2, Chris gave it a 3, Stephen gave it a one and a half, and Jerry Herring gave it a one. If the trend so far were at three ones, if the trend continues, this one is definitely getting the, I guess, the Razzie Award for the Married with Children <laughs> podcast. So uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to back to you, Annabelle. Okay, very good. So, Matt, how many drive-bys are you crying out to your kingdom for for this episode? Okay, Anna, so... I'll give this a one as well. The one mainly being for A, this is married with children, and B, this wasn't a total stinker. Because for me to give something a zero, uh, to be really, really angry or sad or badly affected to give it that, because uh, there, there are actually worse things in TV than this. I mean, the American remake of Dead Zombie, that's a 0.5 out of five. And the British remake of Married with Children, that's again a one out of five. So uh, again, what were they thinking trying to remake Friends? Seriously, I'll, I'll just say to all my friends who like Friends, just stick with Friends. Unless you like really love Married to Children and do go, become a hardcore fan, don't watch this episode. You're not missing much. It just, um, just really fell flat. I mean, there were some good jokes, like Al's joke about don't need to watch them, don't need Friends. That was good. But just all of it fell flat for me. Uh, I still, I still, I'll still watch when doing a whole series viewing i don't hate it that much but uh they could have done better than this guys i mean and i will say my favorite spin-off was radio free trumaine top of the heap i prefer over this I, I must admit one of my closest friends was actually born on the day top of the heap aired when uh, i on a, on a when she became a mum back in february i decided to watch kids what are you gonna what you gonna do which aired the same day as the top of the heap so i thought I'll watch the better episode in the honor. So that's this coming Thursday, 7th of April. And uh, that's me. Okay, very good. As for myself, <laughs> I can't help but feel that you guys are being a tad generous. I will give this 0.5 of a drive-by. If that will put me out of my misery, I'm not sure. And for all the reasons, <laughs> for all the reasons you guys have mentioned and more... I will give it half, well, a quarter of a point for the fact that both um, of Ron Howard's parents are in it. So both Gene Howard and Rance Howard, I think them in in the episode together is is sweet and it's and it's kind of cool. There's a couple of funny lines in the episode, but it's so lazy and and like you guys say, their heart is not in it at all. Like nobody. I feel sorry for Kelly. I think Tom is sort of the, the 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 MVP, for lack of a better phrase, of all the characters, except maybe George, the guy who runs the diner. But everyone is such a, a stereotype and, and, and lazily written. The Jackson character has literally no point. I am thankful that they didn't flesh... We didn't get to see, you know, his... his parrot or whatever the hell and like all these other lines that um, oh, I, it, that would have been even worse I think so they made a right decision there to write out his parrot 
I can't believe I'm saying that. And then there's no bud except for the start. There's no peg, but she lucked out, I suppose. Marcy and Jefferson are shoehorned in and make embarrassing, make an embarrassment out of themselves. I will give another quarter of a point to the occasional funny line here and there. So one quarter point there, one quarter point there makes one half a point for this whole episode. I cannot believe that in an episode this dire, Al quotes Shakespeare. (laughs) It's just, you know, from one extreme to the other. And I, I watch this and I think, what the hell were they thinking? And like you guys say, it's probably a network thing. That's why nobody's heart was very much was was in it much at all. And you know, some interesting guest stars. Meh, yeah, I mean, who cares? But you know, you watch it in the in the in the run of the series on DVD or whatever. If you're watching season ten, and if you don't know this episode is coming up, you're going to be very disappointed. So I can't go much more than half a point, really. The fact that we <laughs> that we had to um, <laughs> drink some alcohol to get through the bulk of this episode. We've got a we've got a scene at the Bundy house at the beginning and at the end, but in the middle there's all this stuff. We frankly we just don't care about. I mean, who cares? I mean, that's that's what it boils down to. So we got ourselves liquored up, especially me and especially Matt. So the Australians are well liquored up by this point. And we, yeah, I've had seven, um, seven beers, two of them big ones. Oh, yeah. We had to, you know, to get through this episode. And I will say, listeners, drink responsibly. But, yes, if you want to sit through this episode, you might need a little extra help. But, yeah, half a point. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all for me. It's very easy to make fun of a show like Friends or make, make fun of Friends because it was so popular at this point in time. And it's just interesting um, with all the Friends and Married to Children connections as well. Especially with Matt LeBlanc getting a start on Married to Children. So there's all these things in, you know, you can tune out of this episode and start thinking about other things or go grab another drink. But on the whole, skip it, really. And to answer your question, Chris, I too think that um, Radio Free Tremaine is the, the, the better of the three spin-off attempts. Because, you know, for, for no other reason that it brought Steve back. I mean... I didn't. I didn't mind Top of the Heap too bad, but again, it's like if you're not expecting it, it's it's a bit like what is this? But the first episode they appeared in, in uh, Oldies but Youngins, when it was just a, a regular Married to Children episode, that didn't bother me so much. But they introduced these characters, yeah. and then they clearly wanted them to spin off, and it just just didn't take. And then they tried to keep making Vinny happen, and then you would come back during season six when Kelly had her talk show, blah 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 blah. And then, you know, they wait a couple of years and they try it again and they try it again here and, and you know, three strikes and they're out. Yeah. It, you know, to me, it seems like the best way to successfully do a spinoff would take some characters that are well established and, and loved by the fan base. And, you you know, like, you know, for example, if Married with Children could have taken Marcy and Steve in season three and spun them off into their own show. Those were two characters we knew well. Uh, they were beloved by the fan base, but like just introducing two people, you know, like Vinny and Bobby, and a couple episodes later trying to spin them off. Like, <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that's one of the reasons why it wasn't successful because it's like, who the hell cares? You know, like Luigi said, the top of the heap wasn't bad. It, it, it's just. Uh, I, was it Vinny? Was that the dad? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Charlie. He, he, Charlie. Charlie Verducci. Charlie, okay. Overacting on his part. Mm. 
and then you know like well this well this enemy spinoff was just flat out terrible <laughs> but um mm. yeah so i like radio free trumaine the best though because it, it it brought back a character that we all know and love steve although you could you could certainly argue that his character had had changed a little bit, but it, oh, they assassinated his character. But it was fun to see <laughs> yeah. Teddy Garrison again. Yes. Well, I, I was saying that nicely. You, you yeah. can argue that it changed, but he, they did bring back someone that we knew, that we loved from the yeah. first four seasons, of and and everybody was in it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I generally speaking, I, I enjoyed Radio Free Tremaine. So, but that's just me. Okay, so that that's wraps things up for us here. In two weeks' time, if Bud hits the books. But next week, stay tuned for a very special interview you do not want to miss. No, you do not. Yes, this one you do definitely want to see. Uh, Tyler and I are going to be talking about that one, and I can't wait. Can't wait for that one. Yeah. All right, well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us all in our Australian nudie bar. Matt, very happy birthday to you. And in thank you, thank you. Yeah, happy birthday, Matt. It's, <laughs> it's very interesting that we're recording such a, a wacky episode on a Matt's birthday and and two two days before Miracle Children's thirty fifth anniversary. But you know, it is what it is. We had fun, we coped. I'm glad we all got to do this together. Tyler, I'm sorry that you could not join us tonight, but you know, you're in Vegas at the Friends Hotel and Casino. You're living it up. And uh, we'll catch up soon. So, yeah. Let's have a final shot for Tyler. Yes. Uh, all right. for Tyler. Up I'm beer. out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that was my last shot. <laughs> Make a snake bite for Tyler. <laughs> so, yeah, next time, hopefully, it'll be the, the six of us all together. And, and, yeah, not much left to go for season 10. I, the only the, one bright note about this episode, at least it didn't finish season 10 with this there's a couple yes. more yes. couple that's more that's a good, good thing good things to definitely um, yeah that would have been a travesty yeah or we might not have had a season 11 nope. <laughs> yes exactly so anyway thanks for listening and we'll see you next time see you next time everyone be good be good unlike this episode <laughs> <laughs> uh